All right, Barker. Where the hell was that all year? Both from the Jays and Jose Barrios. Like, did you, did somebody not let them over the border? They they kidnapped (laughs) them and replaced them with somebody else? I I don't know. I even saw you say Kikuchi in a game and stuff didn't go all to hell. What happened, Kevin? 9-2, Jays beating the Yankees. Well, I th- I, there's, well, there's a couple of things. I, I think when you stink as a starting pitcher and you're not living up to your contract, you got to make adjustments. And we saw Jose Barrios not having as much hand movement as we've seen in the past, right? He's a guy that moves the hands a lot through that little wind-up thing that he got. He'll start it and stop it and then raise his leg and his hands are moving all over the place. Tonight you saw it. He would set the hands. He wouldn't move the hands. That allowed him to break from the glove a little bit easier. That would allow him to be a little bit more on time down the mountain, get the hand up to the slot, and be able to consistently repeat that delivery over and over and over again. And we saw him even in the third inning. Jeff, I've been saying this all year. How does a guy with this much experience not know how to self-correct? Third inning, we saw it. We saw him actually throw a bad pitch, a couple of non-competitive fastballs up and away, and you could see it in his head that, oh, I've done that. I know how to fix it. He fixed it, and... You see the results. That's exactly what the doctor ordered. On the flip side of that, you think Frankie Montas, the New York Yankees, have been watching video and didn't watch the Orioles and the Guardians throwing to nine right-handed hitters and thought all of a sudden, oh, we're the only team that can throw this team in? I, I mean, that's not going to work. You know how what happens when you throw this the, the right-handed lineup in? They score nine runs and they beat the crap out of you. That's what happens. Yeah, the uh, Jays, as we mentioned, 9-2 winners were on for half an hour. Get your calls in, 416-870-0590, star 591-888-666-590-590-590. Jose Barrios, who has been usually atrocious on the road this year, with the exception of uh, a little glimmer there in July, was terrific. Six and two-thirds, six hits, two runs, one earned, nine strikeouts, one walk. Kevin, his velocity was up. The curve was good. His spin rate on all his pitches was up across the board over his average. That's the guy that we expected to see more often than not this year. I think so. Well, let's not get crazy just yet. Let's see it back-to-back starts, and then we'll – Sure. Yeah, I'll jump over on your side, and, you know, I'll be a Barrios fan. But all the mechanical changes I just mentioned and that what that allows him to do, you could just tell the finish on his fastball was better. Like, it had a little extra gear at the end of it, and – you saw a little bit of surprise out of the Yankees hitters when, whenever he's able to do that and he can command it and, you know, he doesn't have to be so fine with it because it has that late movement because his mechanics are on time. You know, everything's out front and he's finishing it and, you know, he can actually field his position because he's not falling off towards the first base side. So, yeah, it was, it was a really good start. And especially when you're going into Yankee Stadium, this is the first game of a four-game series. You need that first guy to sort of set the tone. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, George Springer paced the offense five for five. The first, I'm sorry, the yeah, the first Blue Jays player with a five-hit game against the Yankees since Roy Howell did it in September 10th, 1977. Bark, I was in high school then, so you know Whoa. how old that was. Whoa. And uh, George Springer DHing today. And look, I said in social media during the game, if it's me, I'm kidnapping him. I'm taking his gloves. I'm locking him up someplace. I'm playing hide-and-seek with him. That's a George Springer I want to see in the lineup. I don't care what you have to do. He, 
I don't want to see him out in the field again. I want him DHing. Simple as that. I don't want to risk him getting hurt because you made this point often. George Springer is going to earn his money in September every year. To me, it doesn't matter what he does up until September. September is when George Springer is going to earn his money. Big stage tonight, Yankee Stadium. He sets the table. Vladdy Homers, everybody in the lineup got at least one hit. The Yankees played some um, shoddy defense. That's the only way I can describe it. Not just plays not made. I, I, I still don't know what as well though Cabrera was doing at that flip play. Uh, that that cost a potential double play and set things up for the Jays in that inning. Andrew Benintendi looked like he was in a fog tonight, not just at the plate where he struck out three times. Uh, it, I mean, it looked at a couple of instances. One, he, he kind of half-assed a cutoff throw. And the other, Kevin, I don't know if that was his fault. You've, you've been in the outfield, and I know as a first baseman, you've probably had to be the cutoff guy every now and then, or you've had to set – you know, set the set set the target for for the outfielder, but I don't know what Cabrera was doing early in the game when he's like running all the way over between second and third, setting up for the cutoff from Ben and and allowing the runner to advance to second. It was just a a very bad defensive game from the Yankees. No wonder F- people were booing them in the third inning. Yeah, it's tough. It, it's a uh, you know I I don't even want to say that they peaked too early. I I just think they've had some major injuries. The the Giancarlo Stanton injury is a big deal. You know he, I don't I don't want to say he sets the tone, but you know you have sort of the double threat with the two big giant humans in the middle of the order, and now you don't have one, and you can you can pick at Aaron Judge, right? You can see if you can pitch backwards, you can elevate, you can throw in, see if he can get himself out. And you can tell he's trying too hard. Like, he, he knows what's happening around him, and he, he tends to chase a little bit more than he, than he normally does in the regular season. Right now, it's just not a good team. You know, maybe we, we had this conversation today. Maybe they're going through it at the right time because they're still a really good team. Mm. We know that. But maybe they're going through it at the right time now. And maybe this is the right time for the Blue Jays to catch them. You come in here, you pitch well, your starter shows up. You do some things, and hopefully the Yankees didn't look at no scouting reports and continue to try and throw the Blue Jays Ooh. hitters in. Well, I'm hoping they weren't paying attention to what they saw tonight. Um, let's see what Jamison Tyone has tomorrow. My guess is you'll see something that looked more like what we've seen from other teams against the Jays this year. Kristen Brantford, you want to talk about Frankie Montas. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Doing well. Good. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, Thank you and welcome. Yeah, I did want to talk a little bit about Montas, but also wanted to talk about just everyone that the Yankees got at the trade deadline. I know you were very vocal about it, saying how good they did. What I see is Benintendi, not very good. Montas, meh. Bader's still in the walking boot. Meanwhile, all four of the guys, yeah, they're not sexy, but, you know, the Jays guys have been pretty darn good. So I just wonder say, what you thought of the, you know, the two sides of the trades. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, the Jays, as we said at the time, the Jays improved their bullpen. Um, 
I don't think they improved it enough. I hope I'm wrong. But clearly, Anthony Bass is better than what they've had. Zach Pop, I think, is better than what they had. And I'm also intrigued to see what Zach Pop turns into after he spends an offseason of the player development complex and, and, and works on that slider a bit because I, I think there's something there. Um, if you remember at the time of the trade deadline, I actually wasn't all that excited by what the Yankees did. I liked Harrison Bader, the acquisition, because it just it upgraded their defense, especially in center field. I was the guy, and Barker kind of jumped on me. You know, Frankie, when Alex Anthopoulos made all those trades last year for the Atlanta Braves, one of the things he said is they targeted guys who were playing well, guys who were healthy. The Yankees went out and acquired a guy who has had shoulder issues this year. And, Mark, I mean, I, I, I said at the time, I, I know the Jays kicked the tires in Frankie Montas. I wouldn't, have given up a, I wouldn't have given up a great deal to get him. I'd rather have Luis Castillo than Frankie Montas. Now, obviously, Frankie Montas on this team means that you're probably, you know, we probably would have shelved you, say, Kikuchi a couple of starts ago. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, in terms of in, in terms of the Yankees acquisitions, I still think Benintendi would look awfully good in this lineup in terms of providing you that that left-handed bat. But no, I'm uh, I'm I'm like I said, I I had some concerns about Montas, and and I told you I told you that Kevin right out the gate. I just don't like I don't like trading for a guy that has had a shoulder issue. Okay, I don't well, care when- what he's done in his start after that. I just don't like doing it. Well, you knew why they did it, because Severino got hurt, and they needed a number two guy in the playoffs, and they didn't feel like that Jamison Tyon could could carry the load and be that guy, so they thought they had to go out and get somebody that, you know, they thought could, you know, back up Garrett Cole and be a force one-two, and then you sort of fill in the blanks with Tyon and Cortez, and if Severino was happening to come back, you know, that would be a nice little added piece, too. I, I sort of get that. It's, look... The Yankees are sort of going through something right now. And I said this. I I don't think it's expectations because the Yankees always have that. But when you get off to the start they got off of and you won as many games as they have won, it's just it's hard to do it all year, right? It's just and, – and, again, I, I just wonder if maybe they had – they did peak too early. You know, they've had some injuries. But maybe they're going through this if you're a Yankees fan at the right time. You know, you, you go through it in well, August, end of August, and then maybe everybody gets healthy. They come back. They start, you know, getting used to being a Yankee. Things start, start to fall in place, and they're better in September, and then may, maybe they're running into the playoffs instead of limping into the playoffs. And l- let's also say this. When that Yankee team was dominating, they had Michael King. They had Clay Holmes closing out games. They don't have King. They're not going to have him for the rest of the year. They don't have Holmes. He's on the aisle with a back injury. His effectiveness had diminished in recent outings. And Chad Green is done for the year. The, 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 the strength of this Yankees team when they were really going well was that bullpen. And that bullpen's not a strength. Now, they are going to get Zach Britton back in a couple of weeks, we're led to believe. That will certainly help. But... We had Michael Kay on Blair and Barker today, Kevin, and he was talking about Aroldis Chapman. They don't know what they're going to get from Aroldis Chapman the next time they send him out there. You just don't. So that, to me, is is where we're seeing, I think, that, that juggernaut that the Yankees were in the first part of the year 
we're we're starting to see some of the wear and tear showing up there. And you also mentioned Giancarlo Stanton, and that's right. He's like, you know, it's like Batman and Robin when him it and, is. and 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 Aaron Judge and Aaron Judge are up there. And, and you know, if you have Giancarlo Stanton, you're not hitting Josh Donaldson in the cleanup spot. You're 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 just not. But um, yeah, look, it's uh, the Jays have got four games against these guys. They've got Kevin Gossman going against Jamison Tyone tomorrow. You like that? You've got uh, the big guy going on Sunday, and you got Mitch White, Stripling 2.0, going on Saturday. So, uh, and and your bullpen is your bullpen's in pretty good pretty good shape right now. Bobby in Toronto, you want to talk about Yusei Kikuchi? Yeah, Jeff, I've been reading you and listening to you my whole life. How many times have I heard you say uh, a reliever is just a failed starter? You don't? Yeah, ah, no, you've got me <laughs> new. You've got me mixed up with a certain drive time co-host who used to be on this network for okay, okay. It was a long time. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a relievers of failed. I think in a lot of cases they are, but I, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't say that. I was that wondering often. if it was his line, not your line. But the point is, what do the Jays need? They need a left-hander who can throw 95, 96, right? They do. Yeah. Yes, okay. they do. Well, right now they need a left-hander. Period. Yeah, they but, need yes. any left-hander in the bullpen. So it seemed like I thought as soon as he went there, I thought it made sense. And you know, I was listening as I was driving home. I heard the first two batters. And I was going grinding my teeth, and then you know he did it. And mm-hmm. this may actually simplify things for him. You know. Well, that's that's a great point. And thanks for your call. I'll turn this over to Kevin because Kevin was the guy who who planted this seed. And I know Kevin Kevin wasn't on board with Yusei Kikuchi going to the bullpen earlier because he didn't have control. But, Kevin, you were the one who also made the point, look, you take him there and tell him to just throw his fastball and splitter, simplify it, mm-hmm. and and see what you got. And and that's that's why I've been telling people for so long, I don't care about the contract. Stick him in the bullpen. Find a role for him, and we can worry about the contract in the offseason. And I don't know what you're going to get from Yusei Kikuchi the next time you send him out, but I'll tell you what, after what I saw tonight, Kevin, I would feel less uncomfortable seeing him come into another 9-2 game Mm -hmm. than I would see him making another start after a bad start. So, yeah, I don't know where this is going to go, but, I mean, it can't hurt. And I think we all had the same thought when we saw him come in and, and walk uh, Rizzo on, on four pitches and give up a single to Don, Donaldson. But then he strikes out Benintendi, gets Torres to fly out, and, and, and strikes out Cabrera. And, you know, that's... This, he's, just another, he's just another guy that John and Pete Walker have to be really good at matchups. You, you, you mentioned yep. the two. Two of the three guys that he came in to face were left-handed. And to Bobby's point, that's a great point, is, you know, the left-handed thing, we saw 97s out the gate. When's the last time Mm -hmm. you saw 97? I can't even remember when the last time he would throw back-to-back pitches at 97 miles an hour, if he can do that and somewhat locate it and be efficient with a secondary pitch. He doesn't have to abuse it. Just be solid with 97, 
maintain that velocity. And if John and Petey are real good at matchups, which, you know, they got a bunch of guys down there, except the eighth and ninth inning guys that that they in Garcia and Romano, everybody else is matchup time. And he's just, he's right in that boat too. So yeah, I'm with Bobby, you know, continue to throw the 97, bring him in against a couple of lefties, see what he's got. You know, again, I'm not sure I'd bring him in this next outing with a one or two run lead. You know, you got to see what you got, I guess, and and ninety seven will be a little easier to want to throw out there. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is the text line. Now let's go to the text line. Chris from Ottawa. Nice to see Barrios pitch better than last start, but why put Romano in in a blowout? He could have been safe for tomorrow's game. I would have left Kikuchi in as he is more geared to multiple innings at a time. My Chihuahua, not good multiple innings, though, I might add. Though not much more than three based in his recent performances. And, Chris, the reason is very simple. Dan and, and, and Tabby covered this. Jordan Romano hadn't pitched since Saturday. This was, this was, this was a tune-up for him. And Jordan Romano came out and hit 99. And, and I don't know what the hell happened here. We gotta, maybe we'll find out after the game. But, Kevin, he threw at least one pitch from the windup. Yeah. Which... And and that and you could tell that unnerved DJ LeMahieu. It's almost like DJ LeMahieu kind of kind of stepped back and like, who the hell is this guy? So uh, that that's the reason for the for the uh, for the Romano outing. Uh, it was a tune-up, and um, yeah, I'm not. When you have a guy going through what you say Kikuchi's going through, Kevin, you take what you can get out of him and you don't risk anymore. I mean, you took. Think about what happened tonight. You say Kikuchi who's been just hammered all year, went into a game in Yankee Stadium, got out unscathed, and leaves for maybe the first time this year, I would think, Kevin, one of the few times this year, feeling pretty good about himself because of what happened. That's the psychological part of the thing with Yusei Kikuchi, and and we're both on the same page here. I still think it's that's where it is. It's in the head with him. I think it's in the head with Yusei Kikuchi. I, I so. do I, I do some. I think a lot of it's mechanical. Yeah, he has a lot of moving parts. Again, it's the break out of the glove. It's down the mount. Like all the things that go into being a good pitcher that wants to repeat delivery or wind up or whatever he's trying to do there, you want to land in the same spot. All the things that go into being able to control a couple of pitches, a lot of the times he doesn't know how to do that, and he can't do that. And self-correcting is a part of it. And – that mental side comes into play when he has trouble repeating it and trying to figure it out on the mound, and then he gives up a couple of hits. You got to remember too, he is facing big league hitters that don't give, you know give up a lot. So, yeah, I'm with you. You just see the reaction when he came in out out of the dugout. John Snyder comes over and they're all happy and they're you know slapping him on top of the head and they're just you can tell they're rooting for him. Uh, and again, if he can somewhat be decent, that's just another weapon for John to go to against a couple of lefties. Yeah, and also, you know, it's not like they're going to be playing the Yankees the rest of the year. They've got nope. some games against teams like Texas, Chicago, and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that these are soft touches, but they've got some games where they might you might want to save some of your bullpen arms, some of your leverage arms for the other for tougher games coming down the road. I think he can play a role here. I'm not saying he's going to be a bullpen savior. I'm not saying he's going to close out games. But I think you say Kikuchi can play a role here, which is why I've been hammering on this now 
for like three months. And why I, I don't understand. At some point, we may find out who was behind the idea that you had to keep running Yusei Kikuchi out there because this move should have been made, frankly, a month ago, at least a month ago. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590, 590-590 is the text line. The Blue Jays take the first of four games in the Bronx, 9-2. to Jose Barrios is terrific. George Springer had five hits. And Yusei Kikuchi did okay. I almost thought for a minute that John Schneider was trolling us. But no, you say Kikuchi did okay. You say Kikuchi pitched in a game, and disaster didn't happen. We'll be back after the break with more Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. And now the Bet365 standings update. Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book with 83 million members worldwide, 19-plus play responsibly. Ontario only. The out-of-town scoreboard tonight, very, very favorable for the Toronto Blue Jays. Beat the Yankees 9-2. In and around the Blue Jays in the wild card race, the Houston Astros beat the Chicago White Sox 21-5. The Chicago Cubs beat the Baltimore Orioles 3-2. The Pirates... They beat the Red Sox 8-2, and Tampa Bay beat Kansas City 7-1. So as we look at the American League East standings, the Yankees, 73-46, and 46, are in first place. Tampa and Toronto are both 63-54, and 54, nine games back of the Yankees. Now, don't get Ooh. excited. That's still nine games. Baltimore, 61-57. and 57, They're an 11.5 back. Boston is 59-60. and 60, They're 14 back. Going to the wild card picture, Seattle. They're 65 and 54. They're a game up. The Rays and the Jays, they are tied at 63 and 54. Minnesota's right behind them. They're a game and a half back. They're also two games uh, out of the uh, American League Central race. Baltimore is two and a half games back. The White Sox are three back. And the Boston Red Sox are five back. And uh, I'm only saying this because uh, it's, it's been a topic of conversation with Kevin and myself, but uh, the Braves won and took three of four from the Mets. And I'm not saying I told you so, but I told you so. Hmm. First time all year he got it right. Pretty much. Pretty much. But uh, I, I, I have no problem. I have no problem sort of sort of trumpeting that. Second game of the series goes tomorrow at 7.07 Saturday and Sunday are afternoon games. A reminder that tomorrow's game is one of those Apple TV spectaculars. Yeah, I know. I feel that way too, Barker. Uh, It's one of those Apple TV spectaculars. But you can hear the game on Sportsnet 590 to fan with Ben Wagner, who's in the Bronx with the Jays again. That is 7.07, the time of the first pitch tomorrow. Kevin Gossman on the mound for the Blue Jays. Jameson Tyone. For the New York Yankees. Still a few minutes left. Get a call in or two. The numbers are 416 870 star 590 one Adam in Vancouver, great game, but geez, Bowman, could it be ego? Like everybody and their dog knows he needs to stop swinging at balls way out of the zone. He just refused. 
Is it because he just thinks he can do it and refuses to accept maybe he can't? Look, I love Bo and the type of workhorse he is, but geez, he used geez, J-E-E-Z twice. So uh, hmm. Adam, Adam, I think, is uh, Kevin, I mean, something we've talked about, something we've talked about all, all year. Um, I mean, it is what it is. It ain't going to so, change, I don't think. Some, some t- sometimes I think a, a player just has one of those years, and maybe Bo's going through just one of those years. You know, that's sophomore, kind of a sophomore. Well, it's not really a sophomore year, but, yeah, it's, guys do have bad years. Everybody and does. they just do. Everybody just has years where it's just not working. Like everything you try and off the field just is not translating on the field. You know, you got to give it up to his defense. He's playing good defense. He's doing that thing. He's not taking it over to that side of the ball. You know, he's made a, a, some errors, but he keeps that under control. So you like that part of it. But, yeah, I'm with you. There, there's a reason why John, you know, behind the scenes is having conversations that he has with Bo and why he's moved him down in the order, trying to take a little pressure off of him, maybe get him jump-started just by saying go up and get a good pitch to hit and try and put your best swing on it. But, again, it's just, yeah, you know, it's not like he's facing little league pitching. I mean, these no. guys are throwing high-octane stuff, and they and they attack weaknesses, and they know exactly what we know, Jeff, that you always don't have to throw him a strike. And that's sort of what you're seeing now. But I chalk it up. For me, anyway, sometimes just one of those years. Mitchell and Hamilton was wondering what our thoughts are on the boost that a healthy George Springer has given the Jays. Um, He's asking us, would you keep him at DH for the remainder of the year just to keep him healthy? Have him a right field. What are your thoughts on maximizing the X factor for this Jays team? I don't know if he's... I, well, maybe you know what? Yeah, I'll I'll tell you that, Mitchell. Add George Springer's health is the X factor. I'll 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 give you that, Kevin. I think we've been pretty clear about this. He has to be in the lineup every day. You have to do whatever you can to keep him in the lineup every day. To me, that means DHing. I'm not interested in hearing it today. I was told, we were told that he's throwing 120 feet. That's great. I don't care. <laughs> I I don't want him anywhere in the fi- in the field. <laughs> For the rest of the year, I want George Springer DHing, hitting leadoff. I want him driving the bus offensively. Uh, I've got cover. I've got cover now defensively between Tapia and Bradley. I'm okay. I, I I I'd rather have Jackie Bradley Jr. make a diving catch than George Springer. You know, I I really would. I I've said this, Kevin. I the next time George Springer plays in the field, I want it to be 2023, and I want him to be in right field. So tomorrow, you know, he's going to be playing center. And hit Probably, <laughs> or he'll, or or he'll have a day off, or he'll have a day off. Hey, well, let's hope because right? uh, you just yeah, had one, one of the two. Let's, uh, so one let's, of the two. Let's, uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. I'm with you. Like it just makes total sense. It seemed like th- that his elbow hurt worse when he would dive for a ball in the outfield and he tried to throw, and then he would go in and hit. And you could see the the obvious pain that he was going through. You know, he is a good actor. He did come out obviously and said, "I need to be a little bit better, not showing." that it's hurting and, you know, not showing the weakness to the other team. But, man, you see the big daddy hacks he takes. He is healthy cutting it yeah. at the plate. And he's just a different animal. The the strength that he has in his hands to be able to be fooled, lose his lower half, and be able to keep his hands back and then just have that like that little last whack, like that little whip that he has with the end of his bat, it, that's you know, enables him to be able to hit balls and, and – get hits the way he does. He's special. Uh, That's what we said. We said he was going to earn his money end of August and and all of September and into October, and hopefully he's going to do that. He's a great great 
hitter, and when he's healthy and playing defense, he's a great player. Yeah, and the you know, the impact of that, or one of the effects of that, of course, is if he's DHing, Alejandro Kirk can't DH, and uh, to me, Kevin Alejandro Kirk right now has got to catch every day if he if no he question. can. If he can, no he's got to catch every day because of what he's giving you offensively. Again tonight, nice bit of hitting, nice bit of situational hitting that sacrifice fly. Got a couple of hits as well. He has to be in the lineup, and you'll just have to figure out how to work it out between him and Danny Jansen. That's, you know. It's crunch that, time. That's, you... that's the one guy that I think, you know, the high-performance department, if, if, if he's not in the lineup one day, and George Springer is DHing. I'll, I'll buy into the reasons for it. But, man, if he can go, he's got to be out there. I thought he did a nice job today, too, with Barrios. He didn't see a whole lot of shaking off, I don't think, today. You did, and he was soft. You know, he kept him in rhythm. And you get that foot down and get it singing. Ha! I'd like to see yeah. that. 9-2, to two, the Blue Jays have opened this four-game series with a big win in the Bronx. 7.07 tonight on Sportsnet 590. Or, sorry, 7.07 Tomorrow night on Sportsnet 590, the fan will be the time of first pitch for Game 2. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up as always by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans.